Hey everyone, Pratiti Pathak here. Welcome to Unpacking Brain Drama, where we talk about real life experiences, the challenges and the obstacles. Sometimes we use them to block ourselves. Sometimes we use them to grow and evolve. Here's what I wanna say. Obstacles are not the things blocking our path. Obstacles are the path. So in other words, we have to grow through what we go through. So join me as we have some amazing conversations with some amazing guests. Today, I'd like to welcome our guest, Andrew Kapp, who is the author of the last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read. And he is also the host of the Andrew Kapp YouTube channel. So check him out, everybody. Andrew, so good to have you here today. I am so excited for this conversation. Pratiti, thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm also super jazzed and I I can't wait to see what directions we go down. I'm sure it's going to be a really fun, unique conversation, and I'm looking forward to sharing and, and hopefully giving some value for your audience. That's awesome. So you are the author of the last law of attraction book we'll ever need to read. And I got to tell you, I binge listen to this book all the time. I'm not an avid reader. I'm definitely an avid listener. I have you on Audible. And anytime I am having a moment in my day, I'm like, Andrew, where are you? Let me listen to you. (laughs) And I actually just was talking to somebody this morning. I had an appointment and I was telling her that I was going to be having this awesome conversation with you today. And she listens to my cast so she was like I can't wait she's and she is also somebody who binge listens to you so I run into people like that all the time which is no big surprise because who doesn't want to attract all of the laws of the universe to themselves and so many of us don't know how to do that so I would love for you to share how you got to writing this book a little bit about your background and uh, what what led you to this amazing book Sure. So um, th- this might set the record for most long-winded answer here. And, you know, full disclosure, before we hit the record button, I was having a few Zoom issues. So hopefully internet will hold up through this answer. Um, but with that said, to try to make a really long story reasonably short, I, I learned about the law of attraction back in 2004. And it was one of those things where basically I was a young entrepreneur. I was just trying to get things rolling in my business. I was trying to get things just to work and to happen for me. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of salespeople, they can relate to that idea of having to kill your own dinner, so to speak. Mm. And I think a lot of people that are in that path, they find themselves looking for, you know, positive modalities, positive mindset. It could be Tony Robbins. It could be Brian Tracy. It could be the law of attraction. So law of attraction was just one thing of many that I was exploring and, and trying to work this out for myself. And um, it seemed to ring true. But it also, there was a certain unreliability of it, so to speak. And I would only find out a couple of years later that it was actually me who was unreliable with this whole thing. Because I, I had this situation where basically that business I was trying to work, everything came to head, everything was falling apart. And when I finally decided to let me quit the business and figure something else out, my girlfriend of three years breaks up with me over text. So I wake up on Monday, I've got a business with a girlfriend, I wake up on Friday and like 90% of my life is gone. And I basically had to look in the mirror and be like, all right, something's got to change here. Something's got to be different. And I had this very weird simultaneous epiphany and moment of stubbornness and indignation of, well, you know, whenever I actually did that law of attraction thing and things started to improve before I actually stopped, they were improving. So you know what? I don't care what happens. I don't care when it happens. I don't care why it happens. I don't care how it happens. 
I'm going to go all in with this thing once and for all. And when I say all in, I don't mean all day, every day, because I knew that's not psychologically sustainable. I meant I'm going to do what I had been doing in terms of doing gratitude or visualization exercises for just five or 10 minutes a day. But this time I am not stopping. Mm -hmm. And when I made that decision to stop stopping, the, the results were almost like a movie. It was miraculous. Like within two weeks, I felt better, which is saying a lot with a broken heart. Within three months, I'm in a brand new way healthier relationship. Four months later, I'm making more money than at any point in my life before then. And six months later, I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm waking up happy and fulfilled. Like everything's running on all cylinders. And I basically learned the hard way that this law of attraction thing, whatever it is, it works when you work it. And it was only 11 years later when I'm like making a decision. I want to do something fun and new in my business and hopefully make a contribution and hopefully make an impact. And I had to say, okay, what can I honestly do? Being candid, being selfishly candid and saying, what can I do where I'm not going to get bored, where I'm not going to get impatient with customers emailing me, where I'm going to have fun interacting with them, where I'm going to have fun talking about it. I'm like, well, I never revealed like this impact that this law of attraction had in my life. Can I give myself permission to add something new to a conversation that literally has over a thousand books and actually make an impact? And I challenged myself to do that. I challenged myself, obviously, in this bold title, this bold promise in making sure that I can address something in a way that no one's addressed before. And uh, I published it in 2019, and I've just kind of been running with it ever since and continually challenging myself to articulate this in a way that hopefully ideally lands for people in a way that they give themselves the opportunity to try this out the way I did. And then when they get their results, they're not learning from me. They're not learning from my book. They're learning from their own life experience. And once you learn something from your own life ex experience, you're forever changed and you could never go back and you're at a new place of agency and power in your life. That's, that's amazing. So what was this other business that you were doing? Um, at the time, well, it, it evolved. The, when it started, I was trying to be a cartoonist. I was trying to get a comic strip in syndicate. I like wanted the next Garfield. And then I wanted that Garfield to be like movies and TV. What I didn't realize is how lonely in existence it is. You're just sitting at the drawing board, like, you know, no, not going anywhere. And funnily enough, um, nobody, you know, none of the, um, the syndicates, which are like agents for newspapers or agents for comic strips, none of them really liked it. But I did excel in terms of like marketing and promoting myself. And I was doing like, you know, graphic design on the side. And because that was a skill set of mine, I transformed the business or I pivoted into like, you know, networking and marketing and things of that nature. It wasn't fun, but it was something that I was, I was decently good at. And um, I had a lot to learn. I had a lot to learn about, about marketing and about sales and about copywriting, but I also had a lot to learn about in terms of managing myself and making sure I was content in what I was doing. Gotcha. So were you like, okay, so th this is really awesome. So I'm um, sorry about your relationship that didn't last, but then three months later, you were in a much better relationship. You were doing better in your business. So let me ask you, were you actively doing the law of attraction? Were you actively asking for these things in the universe? Like how were you manifesting this, if you will? Like, how did you realize what you were doing? Were you doing it intentionally? Yeah, so you, you used a very important, interesting word there, actively, active, right? Because there's that question of, do you sit on your couch and you know just meditate until it happens? Or do you go out into the real world and take action? And for me, it's a combination. I think there's there's something you said for taking time out to get clarity and really set yourself psychologically and or energetically, depending on your beliefs. You take that sitting on the couch time, but at some point 
by doing that, ideas will pop into your head, inspired ideas that need to be acted upon, inspired action. So, you know, I made the decision to go on that dating website and I made the decision to fill out my profile, but I was also inspired into that action after first intending that everything in my life was going to improve. I wasn't even being very specific in the beginning. For me, it was like, my, my intention was everything that's wrong is going to be right. And again, I was, I was of the attitude, not that I, everyone's got to follow their own path. But for me, I really had that attitude of, I don't care what happens or when it happens or why it happens or how it happens. I'm just going to be very intentional of visualizing being in a healthy relationship, visualizing money, not being a problem, visualizing health. Like through that process, I lost 25 pounds in a seven week period without even trying. And when I say without even trying, I was working out with sensei every day. I was doing martial arts, but I wasn't doing it trying to lose weight. I wasn't even looking at the scale. I was just trying to feel better about myself. And it was only coincidentally, I'm at a party and someone's like, hey, Andrew, your jaw's looking like a little more chiseled. Like, dude, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, okay, this is interesting. And then I hop on the scale that night. I'm like, oh my God, like I was 155 pounds, which is actually a little light for me. I should be like 160, 165, but I was down to 155 because I was working so hard with Sensei. Like, like how did I lose 25 pounds? Well, when you are taking that energy and focus into the visualization aspect of things, and then you're inspired and you take the action, the things unfold where it seems like magic. And it can be argued that it's magic. For me, I was working out with Sensei one way or another, but I didn't feel friction. I didn't have to drag myself like out of my house to get to do it because for me, it was just, I was in the flow. Same with like, okay, I'm willing to go on these dates. Say I'm like, I'm willing to follow these threads of ideas in terms of making money. I was willing to follow all these paths and take these action, take this action, but it wasn't action from a lackful mindset. It was action from an abundance mindset. And that's a critical difference because when you take action from a lackful mindset, you're going to struggle you're going to effort your way. It's you're always going to bump into walls. You're not. You're going to be confused, impatient, frustrated, doubtful. You're not going to know what's going wrong. Versus inspired action, where you're going to be working hard sometimes. Sometimes it might not even be fun, although most of the time it is. But things will just unfold while they'll work out. If the first time doesn't work out, you're not even worried because you know by by try ten, maybe it's try three, maybe it's try number seven. By try ten, something's going to happen because you're so in the flow that it's impossible for something to not happen. That's a good point. You know, I mean, when we come from a, a scarcity mindset, it's what we're doing is we're just reminding ourselves we're focused on what we don't have instead of being grateful for what we do have and being focused on what we actually want and what we would be grateful for if we had. Yes. So uh, I heard you say the words uh, that you were visualizing it. Now, I, unlike my audience, maybe I'm sure there's lots out there, but there's probably people who have not been familiar with all of the techniques that you have in your book and visualizing them is one of them. Is that the main one that you were using or were you using a combination? Could you share with us a way that somebody could use the law of attraction and put it into practice for them? And consistency is definitely the key, folks. For sure. And wow, there's so much to say with that. Well, first of all, I'll, I'll sneak this in. Yes. The key that you're right, consistency leads to momentum, but what leads to consistency? Well, what leads to consistency is finding methods that you enjoy so much that you actually look forward to them, that they are a choice rather than a chore, that there's something that you get to do 
rather than something that you have to do. So strategically speaking, this isn't some technique that you're gonna kind of like grit your teeth through. You're gonna find and experiment with methods until you find one that you really enjoy so that you look forward to it. Kind of like a spoonful of ice cream every day. It's kind of like that. Now, um, with that said, visualization for me wasn't technically the main one. I, I was more for gratitude, but the number one thing I wanna say is, for anyone listening, and I will give like my favorite method or the most powerful method back at that time, but I will say it doesn't matter what method is for anyone individually, as long as they enjoy it. Because any one method alone, where you're feeling good while thinking about what you have or what you want or both, that's everything you will ever need. That's all it is. It really is that simple, which is it's deceptively simple. With that said, to, to answer your question, one of my favorite methods from the book, and the one that I specifically attribute most to the money turnaround in my life back then, is uh, it's something I call the time-lapse method. And it's a gratitude method where you're basically going to write down 15 things that you're grateful for. Five of them are from your past, five of them are in your present, and five are things that you want in your future. And you're going to phrase them all in the present tense. So... Basically, it's a thing where that whole list, if you read it out aloud to somebody, they wouldn't be able to tell if it's real, if it has happened, if it is happening, if it's going to happen. It's all in the present tense. But what you're going to do is with that list of things, you're going to jumble up the list. So maybe the first thing is present, followed by a past, followed by a future, followed by another past. It doesn't matter. It's all jumbled up. And what you're going to do is you're literally going to go through that list of things that you're grateful for. You're going to read through them one at a time, and you're going to take 20 to 60 seconds out to just feel gratitude for that thing. And here's where the strategic part of this comes in. Two thirds of that list is real, meaning it either has happened or it is happening, meaning the gratitude that you feel for those things has a level of certainty, confidence, authenticity, and just sheer power and momentum that you can't manipulate, that you can't manufacture out of thin air. But because we as humans don't downshift psychologically very easily, those five future things that are kind of spread throughout, your certainty and confidence of that gratitude is going to carry over into those. So you're kind of tricking your vibration, if you believe in that, or you're tricking your psychology, if you believe in that, into having another level of enthusiasm in the gratitude that, in the gratitude that you feel for the future things that will thereby magnify those more powerfully to you, whether you believe in the universe moving energy around and moving circumstances around for that to happen, or you just believe in the power of your subconscious mind which will do a lot of like motion and, and activity for you on your behalf automatically to bring those things into being. So for me, the time-lapse is this thing where you're simultaneously feeling good and programming yourself for success. So it's a win and a win on top of that. And of course the win that comes and those future things come as well. That is actually one of my favorite techniques as well out of your book. That, is, that was the first thing that I did was I think in, the, in your book, do you call it the stacking method? The stacking method is one right after that. And, and the stacking method, the, thing, the difference between the time-lapse and the stacking is the time-lapse has you evenly distribute past, present, and future. That's the one Whereas that I love stacking, about. it could be past, it could be present, it could be future, but you just stack one after another after another. You could have a list of five things, 10 things, 100 things, whatever you want, whatever you feel good about. Yeah, the time-lapse is definitely one of my favorite. And I think that it was my favorite because of that, that you were using past, present, and future things. And it doesn't give your brain the, it doesn't, it doesn't give your, what I call the primitive brain. I think in your book, you call it the ego, which is your, your, you know, your primitive brain that doesn't, um, doesn't want you to do anything different, just wants to keep you safe because anytime you try to do something different, it just is like, no, you're going to die. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just to describe that a little further, I mean, your ego loves you. It's looking out for you. 
But again, but like you just said, it can't predict the odds of your survival. It knows in this moment right now you are alive, meaning it's scanning the whole field. It's like, okay, um, Pertiti's um, money situation, her relationship, even her like her health situation right now, whatever's going on, she's alive. And I don't care about these improvements she's trying to make. I don't want to risk the status quo because there's people out there right now, they want to be uh, maybe rich and famous. But for all your ego knows is that when you become famous, you're going to get a stalker. And that's a threat to your survival. For all your ego knows is when you get rich, you're going to have distant family you've never met coming out of the woodwork trying to sue you for your new house. Threat to your survival. So it thinks it's keeping you safe in place, even though it's keeping you stuck in place. And what you need to do is you need to understand that your ego is stronger than your conscious mind, but nothing's compared to the subconscious. So what you want to do strategically is engage in those methods of gratitude or visualization or scripting, which we haven't spoken about, which will bypass the ego, access the subconscious mind, and let that do the heavy lifting of either operating your activity or reaching out to the universe or both in terms of getting you that better result. And to make my answer even more long-winded, just a little quick thing here. I said in my book, five, five, and five, right? Past, present, future. There are no rules. I was very careful in being clear and specific enough that if you wanted to, you can follow these methods to the letter. But like I said before, this is about feeling good while thinking about what you have, what you want, or both. Everyone, whether it's my book or anyone else's book, should feel they should feel welcome to tweak the methods in any way that works for them. So maybe it's three past, present, and future. Maybe it's 10 past, 10 present, 10 future. It's up to you. There are no rules. There are no restrictions. There are no, there are no limitations. The only guideline that's close to being a rule is that you feel good in the moment while thinking about what you have or what you want or both, because that's programming your subconscious mind and the universe and everything around you to reaffirm that and reproject that into reality with other reasons and other circumstances that you'll feel good about. Yeah, that is something that you actually um, reference like throughout the entire book is that the most important part of it is to enjoy the process of doing whichever method you choose to do. And yes. there's no right or wrong, just whichever one fits naturally to you, say it the way that you want to, don't try to you know, be perfect about it. Um, you have gratitude as a method, scripting as a method, visual, visualiza visualization as a method, easy for me to say. Um, there are, quite a few different um, things that you have in there. And one of the, you know, there, there was so many questions for me as I was listening and you seem to address them all as I'm listening to it. You're like, oh, and if you're thinking this. Um, so one of the things that right away came up for me is I love to write, though my brain does move pretty quickly. And my thought right away went to, Oh, will it be as effective if I'm typing it on the computer instead because I could type it faster than I could write it? And then right away, you're like, hey, if typing it is, is something that's going to make you feel better about it, then go ahead and type it because there's no point in writing it if you're not enjoying writing it. Yeah, I, I appreciate the the compliment of saying I anticipated um, what your questions were. And and actually, it was that in and of itself was very intentional because basically what I did in writing this book was I looked at myself and all my BS. I'll, I'll use a uh, polite language, all, all my own BS, all my own stuff that I used to get my own way. And I basically said, okay, how did I finally figure it out? How did I anticipate? Like, what are all the ways I got my own way so that I could then articulate that for other people? Because 
Um, I think, and we both, you know, we've had a conversation in the past. We both understand marketing and psychology and things of that nature. And I know that um, we've never said this before, but I found in my own research and understanding into marketing and psychology, that the more personal a problem, the more universal it is. Meaning I kind of went of the attitude like, well, if I'm dealing with this, I'm just gonna go on the assumption that everyone else deals with it in this way. Everyone's got their own powerful ego that's kind of like messing things up and getting in their way. Let me kind of find, let me articulate the way I got out of my own way for them and address those questions so that they're through that landmine, that that minefield and everything. And, and then they're on their way to doing this. And again, once you get that result, that first result, and you see what's possible, you can choose to kind of draw back on that, but you're forever changed because no one could ever take that experiential evidence that this does work for you. That's a good point. I mean, I, so, you know, in sales as I am, um, so many times in sales training, we talk about positive affirmations. How is this different than a positive affirmation? Well, it depends on, um, your opinion and viewpoint of what an, an affirmation is because an affirmation in the purest sense is a statement or an affirming of, of whatever it is you wanna reinforce, whatever it is you believe, whatever it might be. I have found that certain people struggle with affirmations in a classical sense in that they haven't strategically thought about how they speak and how they view the world. And they end up phrasing things in a way where they think they're lying to themselves. Meaning they get caught in the unintentional trap of reaffirming the lack because they say something and they grit their teeth and feel like it's a lie. And they and then they grit their teeth even harder and say it more. And they don't realize when you're putting in that negative focus and that negative frustration, that negative emotion, all you're doing is undoing all the good for yourself by falling into a trap. So I think the purest sense of an affirmation is very valuable, but it's also a very tricky minefield. And, and there's an easy way to kind of fall into a trap of misusing it in a way that's kind of like limiting your progress and holding you back more than it really should. Yeah, I agree because, uh, you know, even when, um, you know, when I'm thinking about positive affirmations right away, your ego or your primitive brain automatically, if you say like, you know, um, I'm a money magnet, I'm a money magnet, I'm a money magnet, you're like, your brain's gonna be like, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And then, the, and then it almost makes you feel worse than what you were trying to do. And it almost has the reverse effect. You come, like it takes you even deeper into that scarcity mindset. It reminds you that much more of, you know, what you're not good enough at doing instead of saying it in a way, the way that you describe it is more like, you know, really putting yourself, deciding ahead of time how you want to feel. There's a section that you actually talk about, um, deciding ahead of time how you want to feel before you think about how you want to say it so that you can actually incorporate the emotions that you would have, not that you will have or that you are going to in the future, but if you had already accomplished it, what would you be feeling? What would be the emotion? And then include that in your, um, in your scripting or in your, in your different methods of, 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 asking for these things or just stating them out loud that they've happened. So maybe you could get into a little bit of what scripting is and how it's different from gratitude. Yeah. And just one thing real quick before I dive into scripting, just um, people will notice whether they're reading the book or just hearing the way I'm speaking about all this. This is all about strategically understanding the way your mind works and the way you unintentionally get in your own way and then ways around it. So for example, just really quick to address one more thing about the affirmation. 
if you do find yourself that you're falling into that trap, what you want to do is ask yourself, what, what can you do about it? Well, then the answer is, well, the answer is the question of what can you say that is true, but also reaffirms a good reality. Meaning like if that whole money thing, if you're like, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire, and it feels doesn't true. Well, okay, how about this? I'm so happy and grateful anytime the universe brings me money. I'm so appreciative of any circumstance in which money comes my way. I am so grateful thinking about all the times that I've been provided for in the past, all the times my parent, every time my parent bought me dinner or bought me clothes or I had a roof over my head, that was the universe providing for me in a very abundant way. So you find a strategic way of affirming your gratitude and appreciation for all the times that the universe does give you abundance, does give you money, does give you wealth, does give you prosperity. And just a simple thing of like, I appreciate money coming my way, that opens up the floodgates. With that part of the way, to address your question about scripting, scripting is basically journaling about your life in the present tense as if you're already living your dream life. Meaning now, again, strategically, you're asking the question of, what is my dream life? Well, maybe there's a certain kind of house you want to live in. Maybe there's a certain um, romantic relationship you want to enjoy. Maybe there's certain someone out there, they want a job promotion or they want to run their own business, whatever it might be. You want to, you know, you start your scripting like, I'm so happy and grateful now that and then you expound on it. And you can just talk about one specific area of your life, or you can talk about a bunch of areas of life all at once. Again, there's no rules or no restrictions. So for me, I'll use the book. Like I'm so happy and grateful to have a book that, that impacts so many people and helps so many people. All right, cool, that's my first statement. What am I talk about after that? Well, it's great because I continue to get emails from people where this, this has made a significant impact in their lives. It's wonderful reading all the five-star rate reviews on Amazon. I really just appreciate the opportunity to kind of make this impact. I love the opportunity also just to, to see how everybody is uniquely being touched in their own way, in their own circumstances, in their own life. I'm also grateful for the fact that people are buying it in different formats. Some people like the Kindle, some people like the paper book, some people like the audiobook. I love the different style reviews that I'm getting on Audible versus the style on Amazon. I love the compliments I'm receiving. I love hearing how people are actually using this content and they're making it their own and they're really making the best out of this. Okay, I took one sentence and now all of a sudden, da, 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 da. Everything's in the present tense. Now, am I saying this in 2021 or am I saying this in 2019 when I was about to publish the book? can't really like whatever matter whatever's going on here I said it in the present tense as I'm, if I'm already li um, living that and by the way because we love the theme of long-winded answers here there's people right now out there right now that they don't like visualization because they think they can't do it guess what you can script instead and by scripting whether you're writing it down or you're typing it out or you're even doing spoken scripting that is accessing your visual cortex in a way that you might not even be might even realize and it's doing the heavy lifting for you. And you'll notice I'm so excited about this still to this day that I can't even speak fast enough to keep up with my brain. This is why I chose this book. This is why I chose this because I'm this excited about this. And there's nothing stopping anyone out there from being that excited about their life and about what they do that they can barely speak fast enough to keep up with the thoughts that are coming in their mind. That's awesome. So it's not just about like wanting something. It's about really thinking about it as if it's already happened. You're already living this life, whether it's a car that you want to be driving, whether it's a job that you want, whether it's a certain amount of money that you want to make, whatever it is, a relationship you want to be in. But it's not just thinking about that as just one sentence, but the more in-depth and the more detail that you can think about 
as it like if it were the case, what would you be doing with all of this money? How would your life be different? How would you be uh, conducting yourself? What kind of restaurants would you be going to? What kind of things would you be doing? What would you, what, what's a new hobby you would take up or something like that? The more detail you can add in, the more momentum it probably, uh, you know, uh, gives your emotions and your thought process. And it really probably just perpetuates that feeling of really being that person. Yeah. you And you want to go nuts with this because in many ways, and this could be a an entire interview in and of itself, but you are the star of your own movie, which by the way, is really, it's, it's, it's so powerful. I don't want to jump off of that right now, but I, I have to, to make a different point. You are the star of your own movie. It literally is happening around you, but you're also the executive producer. And I almost want you to think of yourself as that person in the production meeting. We're like, well, what if Andrew had a number one best? What if Andrew sold 50,000 books in his first year? What if da, 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 and like director, go handle it. And the director's the universe. Or if you don't believe in the universe, the director's just your subconscious mind. But you want to be that crazy, wacky executive producer who wants all this crazy stuff, all these amazing details, like let's make it happen. What if this, what if this, what if you met the person of your dreams, you know, shopping and, you know, what if that job promotion that you wanted, what if a better job came along and you had to double the salary at, at half the commute? Like, think of all these one fun, wonderful things and just script them out and write them out and, and kind of like trust in the universe to handle the details that you are not in control, that you don't have agency for. But by, that same by the same token, understand that you do have a certain measure of control about things around you. And for those things that you do have control, that's where it's on you to take inspired action. You take action on the inspired ideas that come to you that you're in control of, and you leave the universe the details that you can't control, that you can't handle for yourself. Wow. Okay. So, and also if you are believing all of your thoughts that you're putting out there, your subconscious mind actually goes to work looking for the evidence to create that reality for you. Yes. You know, if you study, um, the, if you study the military and you know, they don't mess around, you will learn a lot about what they do in terms of visualization. If you study the Olympics and world-class Olympic athletes and you find out what they're about, they're no nonsense. They don't have time to mess around. Olympic athletes countless times run through the event in their mind before they ever go to the Olympics because their subconscious mind has been scientifically proven to demonstrate that it can't tell the difference between imagination and reality. And therefore it's on them to live that that moment as much as they can, as convincingly as they can, with as much repetition and consistency as they can in order to have that manifest out in reality in the real world because of the subconscious mind, it's all the same thing. That was a, that was a, a part of your book that I really took to heart. Um, there was a section in your book where you mentioned about a female, I think, boxer who was um, training and her trainer or coach had her visualizing her winning the championship. And then another visualization that he had her doing was uh, visualizing defending her title. So she, it's, it's, that was really profound for me. I was just like, oh, if you could visualize the defending of the title, that's like, you already have it, you're maintaining it you're bettering it, you're doing like, that's, that's coming from a whole nother level that's stacking on its own. Thank you. Yeah. And you know, there, and you can probably tell there's strategy to that also. And you know, that method, I call it the protecting the prize method, because it was with the understanding. And I don't even remember if I had articulated this in the book, 
but it's with the understanding that sometimes um, we, we've all, we've heard about the law of attraction or we've heard about positive visualization or whatever it might be. And we've gotten excited and we've tried to visualize something. And oftentimes we've run into a wall. We've run into a frustration that it's kind of like hard to believe that what we want could be ours. Therefore, it's hard to visualize the thing happening. It's hard to experience the emotion of that happening. And therefore we, we create this block for ourselves. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, I can't even visualize the thing. All right, let's take it a step up. Let's remove the pressure of that having to happen in a certain way and putting yourself emotionally and visually past that moment of the task and the challenge and almost the uh, the chore of having to defend it. So, you know, whether you're a UFC fighter, you know, you're a world champion, what about money? Okay, protecting the prize in terms of money, don't worry about visualizing getting money if that's a difficulty for you. Visualizing what would you do to protect the money? What kind of conversations would you have with, uh, with your, your high level accountant? What kind of stocks or investments would you be worried in? What kind of real estate would you love to invest in? What kind of decisions would you make genuinely and legitimately to enjoy the money, but also to protect it and make sure that you are handling it and managing it the right way and that you're not just throwing it away. When you're putting your brain in those kind of situations and those circumstances, now your subconscious mind's like, ooh, Andrew's rich. Andrew is loaded. Okay, let's let's do this now. It's It's a really fun, seamless way of doing that that bypasses a block that we end up inadvertently putting for ourselves. Okay. All right. So that is uh, that's a, that's a pretty exciting thought. What do you say to people who don't really, um, they, they're skeptical. They don't know what, what, what would be the reason that things, you know, we say this is the last law of attraction book you'll ever need to read. I'm lucky enough that this is the only book that I've ever read. So you saved me lots of reading time, listening time. Um, why is this the last law of attraction book? Why are the other books not working for people? Why, how could we have learned about the law of attraction in the past and it not worked? So I think um, a lot of these other books are wonderful. I think any law of attraction book worth its salt is going to describe the law of attraction in a user-friendly, easy to understand way and ideally, any law of attraction book worth its salt is also going to provide methods, user-friendly, easy methods that you can use to engage with this. Where I believe my book is kind of, um, you know, separates itself. And one thing that I, you know, I've never seen before mine, a law of attraction book thing to address is the understanding of, okay, if this is true, how, what, what is going on in terms of people that they hear about this, they try it they actually begin to get results and then they still stop. Let's address that psychological thing. Let's address that block. Let's address the ego. That to me is why I believe this is the last book because I address that, I would hope, in a clear, articulate way that invites the reader to do this long enough, just long enough to get a result experientially. And then again, once that happens, it's not the book that's taught them. It's not me, it's their own experience, which you can never take away. And by the way, you kind of, you, you threw this in there. So I'll, I'll address it real quick. Like what about the people that are skeptical? I love giving examples and explanations in the context of tangible reality because it just makes the brain click more. So the example I would often give in response to that is, think about the very oversimplified statement of lifting weights to get muscles, right? Okay, we could all get that. Well, let me give you two possible explanations as to how this works. Explanation number one is you lift weights and you go to sleep that night and while you're sleeping, the muscle fairy comes. 
waves of magic wand and poof, you wake up with more muscles. Explanation number two is that you work out and you're putting so much stress on your body that your muscles are actually tearing in little areas and your body genetically responds to that by healing itself by filling in those gaps with more muscle fiber, which obviously I butchered that explanation, but I would venture a guess that if people were torn between the two and they said you have to pick one, they'd say, well, it's that second one. To which I would say, actually, it doesn't matter. What matters is you lift weights, you get muscles. You put an X, you get Y. And by that same token, whether or not you believe in this law of attraction thing, if you engage in these processes by hook or by crook, you will get a result. And I would argue with people, when that result comes, don't give me credit, don't give my book credit, don't give the universe credit, don't give the law of attraction credit, but at the very least, have an awareness, be cognizant of the fact that you did this thing and you got that result and continue to try it and get those results and just see what happens. Because guess what? Let's pretend that I'm either lying or I'm deluded. Well, studies have shown that physiologically speaking and psychologically speaking, you were getting a win by, by engaging in gratitude one way or another because gratitude has been shown to reduce anxiety, improve sleep, increase confidence. So no matter what, engaging in five minutes a day of genuine gratitude is a win in and of itself. So when those other things come, I know they'll come, but even if they didn't come, you're already winning. You owe it yourself with whatever problems and worries and concerns and stresses you have in your life, at least give yourself five minutes to enjoy gratitude. And then all the other stuff is just gravy. And you'll be a believer eventually, but even if you're not, I don't care. All I care is that you are inspired and motivated enough to give this a try in that moment and you can get results. And then at least you've got that for yourself and you can go from there in whatever direction that you want. Yeah, I mean, you had touched on it earlier saying that, you know, sometimes people start and then they stop even after they've gotten results. And I think that probably just has a lot to do with, um, I know with myself, it's like people are afraid of failure, but they're also afraid of success. It's like the minute that they start getting successful or something's going their way, you know, even having a great relationship, somehow they end up self-sabotaging and, and destroying it all or yeah. not moving forward. So I think that with the law of attraction, once what the, the part that, and you did address it in your book, I know you said, I wonder if I did, but you did. And it's the consistency and the fact that you are saying to um, us in the book that you don't need to have a, um, a rule on how long or how short you need to do this. If you even doing five minutes a day, it isn't how much of it you're doing, which method you're using. It's just the fact that you're doing it from a place of enjoyment and a place of sincerity and true gratitude and really feel, feeling into that moment and just enjoying doing it will get you the results over time. And it doesn't matter how long it, it's going to take. It's just going to keep happening. Th thank you for saying that. And also just to add one more thing on that, when you're doing this, you're not only just a sense of authenticity and joy and sincerity that you said, but also a, a lack of self-judgment and a patience, a genuine patience with yourself because um, another trap, there's so many traps we fall into. One trap is we'll, we'll do a method and it will feel unbelievable. And then the next day we'll do it again, expecting that same, you know, that same little hit. But, you know, it doesn't always work that way because the first time you felt that, that was after 20 years of feeling horrible. So of course it's going to be amazing. The second time you've built it up in your mind and then it's not as great. 
you don't want to judge yourself there. You want to understand that sometimes it really is in your face and it will happen again, but sometimes it's more subtle. Sometimes it's more restrained. Sometimes it's more quiet and underneath the surface. All that matters is you feel at ease, even if it's just a small level of ease. If you feel good, even just a little good. Don't judge yourself by someone else's standard or by your previous standard the day before or the week before or whatever happened because it's gonna oscillate, it's always gonna change. But when you accept that and you understand that and you strategically say, okay, it doesn't matter. I'm just gonna go into this every day and I'm gonna be open accepting to however good I feel, whether it's really good or not so good, that's fine. And by the way, when results start coming, I will use those as opportunities, whether they're big results or small results, I will use those as opportunities to be thankful and be grateful in the moment knowing that I'm reinforcing the practice, I'm reinforcing the mindset, I'm reinforcing the attitude, and I'm also further working that gratitude muscle of mine that will get stronger and get more potent as I move forward in this process and on my journey. Awesome. So, you know, I, I have a question for you. Um, thank you for that answer. It, we, you know, we go through our day and even if we are taking the time to uh, use your methods of law, attracting the law of attraction to us. Um, we're feeling positive in that moment, but as you know, you go throughout your day and there's things that can be upsetting. You know, there's people out there that have road rage. <laughs> there's people out there that are in relationships that can be challenging. So they're, you know, as or, or jobs that they don't really love that they're trying to manifest new things into their life. But what, how, you know, how does that work? Does that work against you when you have like negative moments throughout your day? Because I have often thought about that. I'm like, oh, don't be negative. You know, I know that there's even a place in your book. You really did answer everything throughout your book, by the way. Um, I just love your book. Um, there are even times that you have uh, a section in your book where you've talked about when you're feeling negative about something that is an opportunity to be grateful for other things. And you mentioned like having a noisy neighbor, be grateful for, you know, take gratitude in these walls and the kitchen and the family and, and the heat and all of that kind of stuff. But I don't know that it's, it's that easy to think about those things in those moments when you're just going through your day and feeling frustration at it, it, you know, in your job or with your yeah. partner in the moment, how do you, does that, does that delete everything you just did? Does it wipe it out? What happens? So, so there's a couple of questions that you asked there. I'm, I'm going to see if I can <laughs> keep, because I wanted to keep my train of thought and try to address them all. Well, first of all, just in regards to when, when bad things happen, like how do you be ready? Again, strategically, I'm going to actually make a list of things that are really make me feel good. I'm, I'll think of my first crush or my first kiss. I'll think about that mentor who looked out for me for so long that was really in my corner. I will write these things down. And when something happened, and by the way, sometimes like, you know, you're at your job and your boss is always yelling at you. This is a predictable, consistent thing. So you can actually, since you could reliably depend on the fact that it's going to happen, you can create opportunity out of that where you say, okay, when that happens, my first chance to take a moment alone, I'm going to pull out that list. I'm going to focus on that. So you're using those negative triggers as excuses to be positive uh, about, about things. Um, so um, just wanted to throw that out there. But one thing you mentioned is like, you know, people worry like they can't do this all day. Now, first of all, 
positive thoughts and positive feelings are like literally like they can they'll scan your brain about this they're like hundreds at least hundreds of times more powerful than negative ones so even five minutes a day that of the work that you do put in that will yield better results but here's the thing that i'm so glad i kept my train of thought that i want to make sure to say here because we we have this situation where we think oh my god now i've got to monitor my thoughts now i've got to be on top of this now i've got to worry that any negative situation any negative thought that's going to throw me back so let's go to fitness I want you to imagine the most in-shape person in the world. And I want, I want to ask you a question. What are they doing right now? Like, and I'll even ask you like, Petit, off the, off the top of your head, are they working out right now or are they not? No. No. And even if they are, is that, is that answer the same two hours from now? No. So the most fit in-shape person in the world is not working out 24-7. The most fit in-shape person in the world Let's not even say two, like one or two hours are working out. Why is it that we accept the fact that from a fitness perspective, you could put that work in for a portion of your day, for a percentage of your day, knowing that your body will respond and wheels will be in motion for things to work out and for your fitness to improve. The chemicals are moving in your body. You're burning fat. You're building muscle. Why is it we accept that a little work is required there? And we accept that it's okay that the person's not working out 24-7. And yet when it comes to the law of attraction, positive thinking, we go under the assumption that we have to be quote unquote working out all day. You don't. That five minutes a day is basically putting in a vibrational deposit, so to speak. You're putting in a little deposit of currency that has manifestational compound interest that, yeah, you're going to do that for five minutes. And you know what? Something is going to upset you later on in the day. That's okay because over time, fewer things will upset you. And those things that do upset you will upset you less. So it's really a reminder of, listen, you don't have a perfect life. And the more you try for a perfect life, the more you're going to hold it back. But if you accept and embrace the fact that you can put in your workout, your five-minute vibrational psychological gratitude workout each day, knowing that momentum will build for you over time, that's the sweet spot to this. Yeah, that's awesome. Because, you know, when I think about my entire day, there are moments where I'm just like, oh, don't talk about that. But then I'm like, no, 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 we don't need to judge ourselves <laughs> for having a moment when majority of my day, I am walking through my day happy and pleasant and feeling gratitude for things and being, you know, nice to other people doing gestures of kindness everywhere I'm going and treating people good. So I'm like, I'm doing way more positive, but I, I noticed right away as in the very beginning, when I first read the book, listen to the book, I right away wanted to judge myself for having a negative thought. I'm like, stop it. You don't have to judge yourself because that that's compounding <laughs> the negativity. Yeah. So, it's another trap. Yeah, it is. It is. It's an, it's a very easy trap to fall into as well. It's a very easy yeah. trap to fall into. So let's get back to the very beginning. Tell me about scripting. Mm. Well, you know, scripting again, it's just journaling about your life in the present tense as if you're already living your dream life. So okay. it's a very basic process. And I'll actually tell you this. Is there different methods of scripting? There, well, there's, there's written or spoken scripting. Written being you're either handwriting it or you're typing it, or you're doing spoken. And actually, spoken scripting is what I technically do every single day as my method of the day. The thing I do every day is I pull out my phone, and I turn on the recorder app, and I leave a message of all the things that I'm grateful for. They're all in the present tense, whether they're happening or not. And I send it to my friend across the country, and he does the same thing for me. And we've been doing this for over three and a half years now, and we've not missed a day. 
we've installed, notice I installed a social pressure in there. We, we let ourselves down so easily, but we have a little more trouble letting our friends down. So even on those early days where I'm like, eh, I don't know, even though it's just five minutes of speaking into a microphone, no, I didn't wanna let him down, so I did it. So I built up momentum. Not that you need an accountability partner, but what I'm saying here is it's very powerful, whether you're writing it down or speaking it out, to just you know express those things that you're grateful for whether they are happening or they're gonna happen or whatever it might be. Me, I like to mix it up. Like everything's phrased in the present tense. Some of it's happening right now and some of it's gonna happen, but I'm kind of like making it more confusing for my subconscious mind as I phrase it that way. I will talk about, you know, I'll talk about the book having sold over 68,000 copies now, which it has. And then at the same time, I'll talk about, um, you know, having over 10,000 YouTube subscribers or 50,000 YouTube subscribers even though technically, if you look at the number right now, it might not match that in this physical three-dimensional tangible space yet, but I'll say it's still presently. That's awesome. And so you are, um, wow, you haven't missed a single day with your friend and has he ever missed a single day mm -mm, or no. she? <laughs> now we, we've, um, we've modified our oscillate. Like when we first started, it wasn't even vocal recording. We would, we would text it to each other and we were both finding it one person more than the other that there was friction there, that it was either it was tiring or like, it, if there's friction, if there's impatience or whatever, it's like, okay, what if anything can we do to make this a fun, easy process? And we're like, well, let's just start, we'll speak because we're both chatterboxes. I'll just like pull out the recorder app and, I, and I'll speak into it and I'll send that and we'll see what happens there. And once we did that, like we never missed a day, but once we did that, it was actually easy to maintain that and maintain that process. So again, right back to whatever is more enjoyable, whatever you're going to be consistent with and continue doing, and it feels wonderful while you're doing it is the key to all of this. Andrew, this is going to have to, you're going to have to come back again and again and again, because I just love talking about this subject. Um, and uh, so much has actually changed for myself since I first met you. Uh, I think back in either August or September of last year, um, we first met, I got your book right away. I jumped on a Zoom call like this with you because I just wanted to pick your brain about it. And uh, literally right after that, I had stopped messing around. Like I had really been listening to um, this life coaching and I was in a self-coaching program and I loved it so much. And I had kept thinking about it. And then after talking to you, uh, literally now I am a certified life coach and I'm a business coach, time creation coach for realtors. I have launched this podcast, like everything that I had just been wishy-washy about my thoughts and and not really doing anything with as soon as I got a hold of your book and applied some of these methods and have continued to do that throughout and like I said I binge listen to you all the time so um so much has changed in my life like literally 180 it's just been amazing so, That's so awesome. thank you for sharing that I'm, I'm so glad I, I'm so, it's so gratifying to hear that and you know, obviously for me, I'm, I'm just the dude, I, I wrote the book, like everyone that does it like this, it's, it's you doing this. So I'm so grateful that you used my book as an excuse to be, you know, the catalyst for your, your own success and your own happiness. Well, it's not just, it's not just me doing it, but it is definitely a reflection and a, a direct result of following your methods and just putting them into place. Now, of course, I had to do the work to, to put them into place and do them consistently. And I think that 
Uh, one thing that is a very, very big reason why people don't get the results that they're looking for is because they we're in a time of such instant gratification where people just want things right away they're like i said it all week long why is my lamborghini not here you know it's like come on so it definitely has to be consistent and it you don't need to put any rules around when this is going to happen one of the things you say is just focusing on um, you know, asking for a penny to show up and 200 pennies showed up for you by a, a clerk overpaying you by accident. And I think those are little signs that are very easy to get missed if we're not paying attention. Um, mm. One of the things you talked about, which I started doing right after that is just going for a walk and noticing things more around you to just emphasize and um, uh, show you, give you evidence that these things are coming towards you. And I think those are the little things that the more we pay attention, the more vibration we create in our bodies and in our, around us with our energy to attract these things to us. So, um, yeah. I could talk to you all day and night. Is there anything that you would love to share with my audience that would stand out the most for them? Um, I, and I'm going to just tell everybody to go and run out and get this book immediately and start having all the, the types of things that you want in your life. Thanks. I'll say this this one piece here. Um, because you you actually you snuck in um, in what you were saying there. One of the biggest obstacles to law of attraction that people don't realize it they're like, oh, I thought about the Lamborghini for a week. How come I wrote about it? How come it's not here? The number one mistake people make with the law of attraction is they do the method to get the result, yes. which like, well, duh, how, why else would I do it? To which I respond, well, there's a subtle little trick in there that the ego's like kind of hidden for you. When you're doing the method to get the result, that means you're doing the method and you're pouring your focus and energy and attention into the fact that you lack the result. Whereas if you do the method for the sake of enjoying the method and you genuinely enjoy the methods, the point that you look forward to, because if you're looking forward to the method and you're enjoying it, it's no thing like, oh, I wrote about this for a week. I, I deserve this. It's like, well, no, I wrote about this for a week and whether it came or not, I'm enjoying this. So I'm going to keep doing it regardless of whether it comes. The whole secret is finding a method that you enjoy so much or methods that you enjoyed in the moment versus trying to force a result. Because then ironically, in some weird ironic twist of fate, then the result will come because your energy is much more open and you're really putting out that frequency of having what you want. Yeah. Okay. So that's a very good point. Now, so would you say that the, the biggest part of um, wanting anything is coming from gratitude for having it? And like, if you're just wanting a Lamborghini out of just greed and just wanting a Lamborghini, it's not the same as what that Lamborghini would do for you in your life. Right. And it's also the thing of like, trying to force the Lamborghini into reality by like gritting your teeth and trying to like ramp up the thermometer on your gratitude versus okay. I'm the thing about, let me, let me first make sure that I want the Lamborghini because I want it and not because society tells me I should want it. But assuming I do want it, assuming I can genuinely and honestly say that about myself, well, if I can honestly say that about myself, then I must have reasons why I want it. And that's where you say, okay, I'm going to envision like the speed of those turns. And I'm going to envision 
like the, the feel of the leather seats. And I'm going to envision the sounds of joy of my passengers every time I hit the, the throttle or whatever it might be. And then all of a sudden you're in that moment. And by the way, if you have an opportunity to do so and you want a Lamborghini, see if you can find a way of doing a test drive. I've never done it myself. I don't personally want a Lamborghini, but if there's a way by, and I don't know if they do test drives because it's a Lamborghini, yeah. but if they do, find a way to get yourself a test drive or or go to a track and, and pay for a day to like rent, ride a Lamborghini around the track and, and see how it feels. Because one, you'll get yourself in a more feeling state that you can leverage. Or two, you might realize that you don't want a Lamborghini, but you want something else and that'll give you more clarity. Good point. Good point. That is so good. Thank you very much. This has been amazing to hear some of these different techniques. And uh, there's so much more, so much more that you talk about in, in depth in the book that makes um, all of the processes so enjoyable, as a matter of fact. So thank you very much, Andrew, for all of that. Um, is there anywhere where we can find you out in the universe? I know you have your YouTube channel. Of course, we can find your book and you everywhere. Can you yep. give us the best place to reach you? So I got two easy links and then I got a new thing that, that I've just started telling people about. So the links are easy. Um, lastlawofattractionbook.com will auto forward, at least for US people. Um, you know, US site will auto forward to the Amazon listing where you can get it in Kindle or paperback or audiobook. Um, audiobook is also available on Audible and Apple Books. And like you'd mentioned, if you don't want to pull out your wallet, that's cool. The YouTube channel is simply youtube.com slash Andrew Cap, last name spelled K-A-P. And also a new thing, um, if you want, you can feel free to text the word manifest to 411-321 to receive um, my free report, Make Manifesting Fun. It's a very small, short sampler of law of attraction methods if you want to try it out. Um, international people have to call plus one, 909-741-1321. Same goes for US Sprint subscribers. And um, obviously I may follow up and email you after the fact, but if anyone's interested, you've got that as an option as well. So you've got the link to the book, you've got the link to the YouTube channel, or you can text for a, a free sampler of law of attraction methods. Uh, I love that you have, uh, I'm definitely going to do that because I did not know about that little secret right there. Uh, and you also have um, uh, Gravity of the Cosmos. Yeah. And, you know, I usually don't talk about it until people have read the book because it basically Gravity of the Cosmos is my 90 day course where it's like, listen, okay, you've read the book. Guess what? You can do this on your own now. But if for any reason you want a little help, if for any reason that ego of yours is just pulling you back, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you 90 consecutive days of emails that link to videos where I'm guiding you through the methods for you. So now I don't care what your ego is telling you. You don't have to worry about coming up what method to do. You don't have to worry about when to do it. I will take the wheel for you. I will do the heavy lifting for you so that you get three consecutive months, 90 straight days of manifestational vibrational momentum using the methods from the book and one or two additional methods as well that are not in the book. Oh, well, there you go, folks. There's no reason to not manifest the things that you want in your life because uh, Andrew is even willing to hold your hand through an entire 90 days. So thank you, Andrew. Bertita, thank you so much for uh, this wonderful conversation. Really enjoyed it. I love the intentionality of your questions, of your your questions and the conversation. And um, just grateful to be here and grateful to have a chance to speak to your audience. Oh, we're not done. We're gonna have part B, C, D. I don't know. Awesome. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. <laughs> See you next time. Thank you for listening to Unpacking Brain Drama podcast. You'll find links for all the things mentioned below in the show notes. 
and it would be incredibly awesome if you would take a quick moment to leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. If you'd like to be considered as a guest on our podcast, be sure to go to www.resultsbydesigncoaching.com for a free 30-minute coaching session. Thanks so much, guys. See you next time.